Welcome back, everybody. This is the Pound the Table podcast. I am your host, the NFL Always Offseason GM, Fred. And a uh, great show lineup for you today. Some uh, exciting week two accent, excuse me, action. And uh, we're going to make sure we reflect on all of that. Uh, we're going to send you some picks for week three. We had a great week this week, so make sure you tune in for that. And then uh, we'll, we'll dive into some recent NFL news. I know there isn't a lot, so maybe in the future we'll look to to do something else during that segment if we don't get a lot of hot topics there. But uh, great show, so make sure you t- stay tuned, subscribe, and let's get into it. In recent NFL news, we had a big extension come down over the weekend with a Philadelphia Eagles defensive end, Josh Sweat. Uh, Josh Sweat has uh, long been rumored to be an ascending player, especially on that Philly team where he's gotten better each year. And uh, with the Brandon Graham tearing his Achilles this past weekend, He's going to have some huge opportunities to really make an impact along that defensive front. They really like to use multiple looks, and uh, they got Fletcher Cox inside to help free up some game off off the off, excuse me off the edge of the defense. So Josh Sweat uh, gets a three year, forty million dollar extension to stay with the Philadelphia Eagles for the the short term here. And uh, congrats to him on a big payday. And other big news, I don't really like getting into injuries too much, but uh, there was a big injury this past week during the week before week two but after week one and Cowboys DN Tank Lawrence or Demarcus Lawrence uh, came up hobbled at practice and turns out he has a broken foot he had surgery to to repair the broken foot and uh, he actually had a really significant play in that Tampa Bay game on Thursday night the week prior uh, where he punched a ball out and he's 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 the biggest difference maker on that defense so I think that this is going to be a fairly significant injury to a defense that was hoping to be much improved this year and uh, after the Chargers game it looked like it was going to be uh, imagine if they had another super big impact rusher like Demarcus Lawrence to add to that mix it'd be huge but uh, nonetheless it's a pr- fairly significant injury to that Dallas defense and uh, quick recovery for Demarcus Lawrence is all we can hope for. And then in addition to the the Marcus Lawrence injury, there was a a few other uh, fairly significant injuries over the weekend, mainly to the quarterback position, but I won't spoil that. That's going to come later in the episode here. But uh, in other words, for the Philadelphia Eagles, they had uh, guard Brandon Brooks went down with a pec injury. Uh, I'm guessing it's most likely like a torn pec, something along those lines, or a strain, something, something... Basically, that's going to keep him out for some significant amount of time. And Brandon Brooks is a, a above average uh, to an elite level guard when he's healthy. So that's a fairly significant uh, debt or excuse me loss to the the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line there. And then also over the weekend, the Forty ers had uh, some serious injury woes in their running back room uh, with Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, uh, Michael Hasty. So. In response to some of those injuries, they now are bringing in Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller for a visit to see if uh, they can add them to the mix to help basically add some depth there and basically get get, get some help. Just because when you have three of your best running backs go down, in addition to Raheem Mostert the week before, you're getting pretty thin at that position. So we all know that Shanahan can turn uh, pretty much dust into gold in that offense. So he, he'll somehow managed to make one of these guys a uh, 100-yard rusher at some point in this season, I'm sure. So that's going to be it. Uh, I, like I said, I don't like to get too much into the injuries, and there wasn't a whole lot of transactional stuff going on this week. But uh, nonetheless, we have football here, so let's jump back into the storylines after this. 
so jumping in the, into the the week wrap up of storylines from this past week, uh, the the number one storyline that I'm taking back away from this last weekend is the Las Vegas Raiders are two and zero and look impressive. Uh, they go out week one and they beat the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I thought for sure was out class, out man, and out coaching them. But they sneak out a win on Monday Night Football, and they followed up this week by beating a above-average Steelers team, a, a Steelers team that beat the Buffalo Bills last week. And when you take a look at the box score, the Raiders, I mean, they kept up with them in pretty much every facet of the game. And Derek Carr is really vault, vaulting himself into this consideration. I've I seen someone handle him as like the number two MVP candidate at this point. Like, 382 yards and two TDs on 28 to 37 passing. That's impressive stuff. That's stuff that, uh, you know, upper echelon quarterbacks do week in and week out. And he's proven that he's done it for the first two weeks. I mean, you take a look at uh, Henry Ruggs. He's finally coming on. He's averaging 23 yards a catch almost on Sunday. And Darren Waller, 19 targets of week one. And the guy comes back and follows it up with another 65 yards receiving. Everybody knows he's getting the ball, and the the guy still is making plays on it. It's just it's really impressive what they've been able to do, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And when you take a look at their defense, it's it's not all that great. They're still giving up about three hundred thirty yards of uh, offense to the Steelers. But we take a look at their turnovers. Uh, they, they didn't have any turnovers on offense, so they're winning the turnover margin because Big Ben threw a pick on Sunday as well. So that, they're plus one there, and we all know that when the turnover margin is positive. That means great things for the team and their basically their prospects of winning. So, I, I I've just been extremely impressed with this Oakland team. I I I mean I graded them as one of the worst off seasons I've seen, and their draft I thought was terrible. And you see like all these terrible decisions on some of these players they're keeping, and some of these players that are going in and out. Uh, just don't really didn't really know where they were going, but it it looks like they're kind of trending in the right direction here. It looks like they might be a borderline playoff team here. I mean. I'd like to see them kind of compete against some of the teams in their own division, like the Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, just to see how they'd hold up in one of those games. But nonetheless, they beat two uh, former playoff teams from this past year and teams that had high aspirations for this year. So that's going to be my top storyline from the weekend. My number two storyline from the weekend is actually one of the games that I had called, and I I, I thought that the Dallas Cowboys were going to write the ship, and they were going to get after it versus the Chargers. And I was right. They ended up beating the Chargers. Uh, it was a fairly close game. They ended up winning 20-17. to 17. And I'm pretty sure anybody, if you would have told them that, hey, this is going to be a defensive slugfest, they would have called you a liar. But here we are. They, they win by three points, and there was less than 38 points scored in this game between two teams with uh, ascending quarterbacks. So I, w- I was just overall impressed with the Dallas team. I thought that they'd be able to respond. I figured Los, Ange- Los Angeles with a new quarterback, or excuse me, a new coach and a young quarterback, it'd be tough for them to respond. But uh, Dallas ends up coming into the game and trying to punch him right in the mouth. They go for 180 yards between Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard with two tutties. And Dak Prescott was efficient, 23-27, 230 yards. Uh, pretty impressive. Uh, for the run game, which was almost nothing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, essentially just nothing. And a lot of questions around Zeke Elliott, but they, they answered pretty well here. They threw together 420 yards of total offense, which is a really solid number considering that they were right up there knocking on the door about 200 yards rushing. 
And then we go to the turnover margin. Uh, this is my favorite stat because basically <laughs> when you look at the NFL, it's mostly about who, who has the ball the longest and who's not turning the ball over and who's holding on to the ball. And when you look at it, the Chargers were minus two. The Cowboys were minus one. So that gives the Cowboys a plus one there in the, the turnover margin. So could have been the deciding factor here, especially with it only being a field goal game. And I apologize because Chargers fans came at me last week, and I asked if Herbert played good, and the the overwhelming uh, synopsis was Herbert was amazing last week. And this week he once again throws for 300 yards, but he's got two picks to one touchdown. That's a, that's something that you got to clean up. You, you need to be able to take care of the ball at the quarterback position if you're going to win games, especially tight games like this. Uh, 17 points doesn't really get the job done, and you can't really score the. You can't score points without having the ball in your hands. So, hopefully, uh, the Chargers can bounce back this next week. But I was just really happy to see uh Dallas get on the board, especially after that tough loss in Week One against the Buccaneers, which I really thought that they could hang with them. They really showed that they are a contender in the NFC. So Dallas gets on the board, called that one out. Pretty proud of that pick. For the next storyline here, the what was probably the game of the week this past week was the Kansas City Chiefs uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens end up sticking this one out here where they win 36-35 to in surprise fashion after falling to the Raiders in week one. And honestly, this surprised me too just because I thought that Kansas City was going to be far and away better, especially after Baltimore looked a little shook up with all the injuries they had and falling to the Las Vegas Raiders in week one. But they come out and they run for 250 yards and end up having almost 500 yards of offense against a Kansas City team who almost matched it with 400 yards of offense. But when you take a look at it, Lamar had two big turnovers at the beginning, but comes back and plays an extremely strong game. He, he was all just running all over this team. And when you take a look at it, he ended up with 107 yards rushing, two tutties, and threw for two, just about 240 in the air there with another touchdown. And... We all know this the story with Lamar. He's not going to be a, the type of quarterback that's going to push it down the field. And I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are really going to ask him to do that. They just need him to be able to hit those intermediate routes and be a game changer in the run game. They like to go those those heavy personnel sets. And I know that to add to it, they've, they've had these injuries along on both sides of the ball. But, I mean, this is a team that wants to grind it out. They want to be physical with you on both sides of the ball. They're going to blitz and be in your face on defense. They're going to shove it down your throat on offense. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't back down from the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't freak out after two early turnovers. And they played a really solid game. Lamar took care of the ball. They made some big decisions late. And they get a big-time quality win over a big-time quality opponent. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, played a pretty solid game. You score 35 points, you don't lose that many times. It's just, I don't think that defense is quite rounded into shape like they have in years past where they get to the tail end of the season and they're firing on all, on all cylinders. So the good thing is, is they got time. It's only week two. So Kansas City falls early here, but I think the Ravens, it says more about the Ravens than it says about the Kansas City Chiefs. It says that the Ravens, hey, we lost week one, but we're still here. We're still for real. And we're still going to be a contender regardless of the injuries because we got Lamar and we got this coaching staff. and We have this defense and this scheme that just basically is a blanket. It's going to cover everybody all the time. And Kansas City showed that, hey, we can score 35-plus points any week we want. And sometimes we're going to play defense to win. Sometimes we're not. Uh, Give us a call in December and we'll figure it out. So 
nonetheless, game of the week probably, but uh, it's our number three storyline here. So next up and possibly the biggest storyline from last weekend is going to be all the injured quarterbacks that uh, ended up coming out. And there was like an hour-long span on a Sunday where about six quarterbacks all went out at the same time. The first being Derek Carr. Uh, well, he wasn't the first one, but just the first one on our list here is Derek Carr. And uh, essentially, uh, John Gruden's already come out and said he, he's hopeful that he's go- Derek Carr is going to play Sunday, that it's not too big of an issue. If he doesn't go with, uh, with Marcus Mariota, I believe, is banged up as well. So you'd be looking at Nathan Peterman. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if that'd be good for Oakland's prospects here if Nathan Peterman's taking snaps center center. The other would be Tyrod Taylor. It's already been announced that Tyrod's going to miss this week. Uh, they play on Thursday night. Uh, Davis Mills will be taking his spot on Thursday. Uh, Tyrod Taylor uh, was actually had been lighting it up this year, so this is a it's a sad development for this guy. Uh, finally gets his opportunity, and he gets another another situation like this, like he had like in Los Angeles. So uh, we'll have to see how Davis Mills can do and to see if uh, Tyrod can uh, hold down that job in Houston. The next is going to be Andy Dalton. So Andy Dalton also got hurt on Sunday. Uh, I was actually watching the Bengals and the Cincinnati game, or excuse me, the Bengals and a Bears game. And uh, he was running down the sideline, and he kind of did like a little like jog step as he was running out of bounds. It looked like he tweaked his knee a little bit or something, or it was his ankle. I think I believe it was his knee. Uh, he he ended up did did end up coming back in, but uh, I know fans are just clamoring for Justin Fields. And I, I would recommend using caution there just because that offensive line is atrocious. But uh, I think basically Nagy's come out and said that, hey, this guy's the starter if he's healthy. So that's what we're rolling with. And I just I, – I want Justin Fields to come out and start, but I don't want him to come out behind an offensive line that's extremely shaky and get beat up pretty bad to the point where – you know, it's going to hurt his development in the future here. So I think it might be best if uh, they could keep Dalton under center just for the time being until they can get some support back there. And then the next quarterback that got hurt, and like I said, this is only the fourth one, there's six on the list, was uh, Tua. And Tua got shooken up within the first few minutes of the game uh, between the Dolphins and the Bills on Sunday. And they said it looked like he was in significant pain as he was walking off, and it turns out he's got bruised uh, ribs, something along those lines. Some uh, they did a bunch of tests to make sure there was no nothing broken, nothing uh, like cartilage torn or anything like that. And it turns out that he had some bruised ribs that he was they're pretty significant and pretty painful. Uh, he ended up missing the, pretty much the entire game on Sunday, and uh, I believe it was Jacoby Brissett filled in for him. And they just got pummeled, thirty-five to nothing. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even a game. So hopefully, too, we can get Tua back healthy and uh, get him back to playing at a high level, so the Dolphins can be competitive again. Just because last week was not the team that we've seen come out week one against the Patriots. And then the fifth quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz. So this is an interesting story to me because it came out that he didn't sprain just one ankle. He sprained both of his ankles and I can't imagine how painful that's got to be. Like you, you got to be able to just barely even move. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Jacob Eason came in and ended up starting or playing for him. And 
sounds like it was a mixed bag results on him. It sounds like Eason struggled quite a little bit. Uh, the Rams ended up squeaking it out, winning by three. But uh, basically, if, if Wentz can't go this week, it's going to be the Jacob Eason show. And uh, I, I know there were some mixed feelings out, coming out of camp, whether it was him or Ellinger was better. But it sounds like Eason's going to get the nod if Carson Wentz can't go. Then the last quarterback, uh, this one isn't as as major of a, a development, just because of the fact that he ended up returning to the game. But uh, Baker Mayfield injured his shoulder. Uh, he threw a pick, and then he was chasing it down, tried to tackle him, ended up hurting his uh, non-throwing shoulder. So all kinds of quarterbacks getting shook up over the weekend. And that, when you go down the list here, guys that were hurt, their their backups are less than stellar. It's uh. It's it's not very impressive, other than maybe the the Justin Fields one with the Andy Dalton situation. Uh, we we might get to see Fields a little earlier than we thought, and uh, who knows? Maybe he gets that job and runs away with it. But the rest of the backup jobs there, uh, if, you, if those are your teams, I'd be I'd be very nervous. I'd be uh, concerned about our prospects for the next few weeks if they have to, to miss any time. So next up on our storylines list, the last one that I just wanted to hit on was going to be the Bengals versus the Bears game. And the Bengals versus the Bears game was not much of a game for the most for the most part until about the fourth quarter. And the Bears were defense looked like the Bears defense of old. They were really getting after Joe Burrow for a long time there. Uh, the Bengals were going consistently going uh, five wide receiver sets. And it, they just could not, for the life of them, pick up a, a Chicago pass rusher. And even when they did pick it up, then Joe Burrow would make a make a mistake and like throw it into a soft zone coverage. And that's what you've seen on the Roquan Smith pick six. So it, impressive win for the Bears. I think that they were kind of back to their, excuse me, defensive old. Uh, they ended up having four takeaways compared to just the one that they gave away. So that's a plus three turnover margin. Uh, the silver lining here is Cincinnati was able to come back and make a game out of it. But when you have Joe Burrow throw three interceptions on three passes, so essentially what happened was he threw a pick, they come back, they throw, throw the ball again, throws another pick, they come back, they run it a few times, throws another pick on his next pass. And it was just it was just a very rough showing for Joe Burrow. And uh, it just it just makes you question about that that pick where the, when they could add Penny Sewell the way he's playing over in Detroit right now. So I think that's just noteworthy just because the Bengals, they came out last week like guns blazing, and they were really getting after the Minnesota Vikings. I thought that was an impressive win. I thought they were kind of turning a corner as a as an organization. And then you come out and you lay, a, you lay an egg like this against the Chicago Bears, who I didn't think were that impressive in week one. And honestly, their defense looked a little suspect. So it'll be interesting to see how they do how they do moving forward. I know they got Pittsburgh coming to town this next week, so that'll be a good measuring stick to see where they're actually at because that's another another organization that just wins uh is built a winning culture and it'll be curious to see how Cincinnati stacks up against a team like that since they don't necessarily have this long history of winning. So, and then the last thing I wanted to do is, uh, last week I came up with an idea because I wanted to be able to pick like an off-the-wall MVP candidate, so for the, the week prior, and this week the 
we're going to call it the the inaugural Jameis Winston uh, unlikely hero of the week. And I feel like this award was made for this guy. But it's going to be the Washington football team's Taylor Heineke with his, his come-from-behind win against the New York Giants on Thursday Night Football. Like, like I said, it seemed like this award was made for this guy. He ended up leading the comeback against the Giants' defense, which is cons- widely believed to be a very solid defense, and ended up having uh, 34 for 46 passing, 336 yards, and two touchdowns. In addition to, oh, he only had six yards on the ground. But this is a dude that has, like, literally been a fighter his entire career. Like, he's literally been an unlikely hero his entire life. Like, back up in the XFL, like, bounce around from team to team, undrafted, unsigned a guy. Like, this is a dude that's had to fight his whole life just to stay in the league to earn his job. And, like, then he goes out on Thursday Night Football with the whole world watching and leads this awesome comeback for the... Washington football team who really needed a win. They were, uh, you know, both these teams 0-1. And Washington had high prospects, uh, mainly because of that defense. But someone's got to be able to throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. Someone's got to be able to get the ball to Antonio Gibson. And Taylor Heineke really really, uh, stepped up, in my opinion, on Thursday Night Football when when the whole world was watching. And I was impressed. That's why I wanted to make this award, to, to shine some light on some guys that don't necessarily get the light shine on them a lot, that, that do something above extraordinary that they aren't expected to do maybe anything at all. So unlikely hero of the week, the, the Jameis Winston unlikely hero of the week is going to go to uh, Taylor Heineke. So that's going to be it for our storylines from the past week. We're going to roll this right over into our pick em week, or excuse me, our week three picks. So before we get into our week three picks, I just wanted to state my record last week. And uh, after a, sh- a shaky week in week one, we were strong in week two. Uh, ended up going 13-3. and three. The only losses we had was we picked the Bengals over the Bears, Steelers over the Raiders, and Chiefs over the Ravens. So otherwise, we got every single game right last week. So uh, that that's big time. Uh, honestly, what, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start picking uh, some parlay picks here where we're going to throw some of these teams in like a three or four team parlay with the money line. Put some of our picks to the test here. I did it last week and it worked out for me. So uh, 13 and three to go along with nine and seven. So that puts us at 22 and 10 on the year. So that's, in my opinion, that's way over 50%. So that's, that's really solid in my opinion. So make sure you're following along with us just so you can get those picks week to week, especially since we're making them on Tuesdays here. But week three, the, the Thursday night game, we're looking at the Panthers and the Texans and it's going to be the Panthers at the Texans. And if Davis Mills is starting, I'm 100% going Panthers here. Panthers, I thought, are one of those surprise teams that are like 2-0. and And they actually look pretty good through the first couple weeks here. So I think that they can really make some noise. And I really think that they could be uh, competing in the NFC South there. I don't think they're quite ready to challenge the Buccaneers. But nonetheless, they're ready to at least put up a fight against them. So I'm taking the Panthers on Thursday night which rolls us into Sunday then. And it's going to be the Chargers at the Chiefs. And for this game, this is actually going to be like a big marquee game, I think. This is going to be one of those ones to 
see a measuring stick on the San Diego, or excuse me, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers to see really how they stack up against the big boys of the NFL. And uh, I know Kansas City is going to be hungry, especially going against a division rival in the loss last week. So I'm I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. I just can't see them losing two in a row, especially to the Chargers. Division foe, and plus they get to go back to Arrowhead Stadium. So the Chiefs are going to get their home turf back. The next game is going to be the Cardinals at the Jaguars, and another surprise team that's really made some noise this season that, honestly, I've been on their bandwagon since three, four months ago when I was doing a, our my playoff picks for this next year. And I, I think the Cardinals are going to take this. I think the Cardinals are going to end up going 3-0. and They're going to be sitting a, eh, not quite alone at the top because they got the Rams there yet, but they're going to be sitting at the top of the NFC West division. Uh, I think that they've looked like a really solid team with wins against the Vikings and the other win in Week One. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Cardinals here against the Jaguars. Uh, all the Urban Meyer rumors are just just swirling around, making this a very cloudy situation in Jacksonville. I know he came out and dispelled them, but everybody says that it looked like he was he's like a little kid that was being scolded. So we'll have to see where that leads. But I'm taking Arizona against Jacksonville. The next game is going to be the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns got right uh, with a win against the Houston Texans. They got back to their win ways. They're one and one. Uh, the Bears are also after their win against the Bengals, one and one. I- I'm going to roll with the uh, Cleveland Browns here, just mainly because I just I don't believe in that Chicago offense. I think. It's very stale. It's very vanilla. Uh, they don't really do a good job of pushing a ball down the field when Dalton's in there. And uh, Dalton Fields is too up and down at this point in career, his career. He'll make an ex- extremely impressive throw along the sideline, pushing the ball down the field, uh, you know, on comeback routes or something like that. And then all of a sudden, he'll do the, the old double clutch in the pocket and get sacked. So I'm going to roll with the Browns. They're just an overall uh, balanced Really great team. Uh, the Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt backfield, one-two punch is really impressive. Uh, hopefully they can uh, get some help at wide receiver back here soon with either Odell or one of their young guys, just mainly because I think Jarvis Landry is going to be out a couple weeks with a sprained MCL. And that defense is much improved as well, too. Uh, Miles Garrett should be really be able to get after whoever's playing quarterback for the Bears. And then the next game is going to be the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. And this is going to be, uh, if it's Magic was in this game here, this would be a little bit more impressive of a game. I'd be really curious to see how they can do. But I don't think the late game heroics for Taylor Heineke are going to be able to stack up with the team of Buffalo. Buffalo is just, in my opinion, like a juggernaut. And I think last week was a big week for them to, to finally get it right, to get back on track. And I think that they're now they're going to come out in guns blazing the rest of the year. I think Josh Allen's going to look a lot better. Uh, that Washington football team, it's it's got a heralded pass rush, but their their pass rush hasn't been able to quite get home like they've wanted. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills at home against the Washington Redskins. Oh my, I'm excuse me, not Redskins football team. My apologies. The next game is going to be the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans, and this is going to be a little bit tougher of a game to pick. Uh, if Carson Wentz plays, I think it'd be more of a toss-up, but if he doesn't play uh, with with two sprained ankles, I'd imagine he's probably not going to play this week. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. They had a really impressive combine win 
where I think Derrick Henry had like what they say like 20, 30 yards in the first half, and he ended up with like 178 and like three touchdowns. So the, the dude just got trucking in the second half, and they ended up making a big comeback, uh, went in an OT against the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm rolling with the Tennessee Titans. I just think that their offense is just going to be too much to handle. That defense is a sieve, but if you're going against Jacob Eason, I wouldn't be too worried about it. They can still do enough to win that football game on the defensive side of the football. And then next up is going to be the New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. So to me, this is going to be an intriguing game to watch, mainly because what Jameis are we going to get? Are we going to get week one Jameis that throws for four touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers? Are we going to get Jameis Winston that just chucks it down the sideline and throws a pick at the, at the goal line, hoping for something to happen? You know, I'm not sure what we're going to get, especially against a defense like the New England Patriots. Uh, on the the flip side of things, the New England Patriot offense isn't really that impressive. It's it's the old school ground and pound it out, and we're going to play defense against you. They aren't asking Mac Jones to do a lot. Uh, are they going to be able to do that against the Saints? I know the Saints' defense looked impressive week one. Week two, not so impressive against the Panthers. So in this game, I'm going to just go with the home team here. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think they're going to be able to get after Jameis Winston. I think they're going to throw some some looks on the backside to really confuse him. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a different kind of defense that Jameis hasn't seen yet. So I'm going to roll with the Patriots. Uh, this is one I'm not as confident in, just mainly due to the fact that Mac Jones hasn't lit the world on fire, but he hasn't also lost a game or forced the, the Patriots' hand to, to lose a game just yet. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Patriots. They're going to get their way to 2-1. and one. And then next up, it's going to be the dumpster fire game of the week here. It's going to be the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Giants. And I think both teams are 0-2 right now, and I don't think it see it getting much better for either team. Uh, thankfully, one of them's got to win here. So I'm going to roll with the Atlanta Falcons, actually. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Um, I think there's a lot of turmoil, in my opinion, in that Joe Judge locker room right now. Saquon Barkley doesn't look like Saquon Barkley of old. I know he ripped off that like 40-yard run last week. It wasn't that great. I wasn't impressed by it. I, I actually have some serious concerns as to his long-term health. Uh, it it seems like there was a little bit of revolt going on the sidelines. Kenny Galladay outburst. Uh, the defense doesn't look as impressive, especially after giving up some drives to Taylor Heineke late. Um I just have some very serious questions about this Giants team, and if they can't put it together soon, it's it's going to be the end of the line for Danny, Danny Jones, Danny Dimes. So I'm going Falcons. We're going to get Arthur Smith his first win. I think they're going to finally put together some competent offense and play enough defense just to win, especially against a guy that really struggles against defenses and keeping the ball in New York Giants' hands. So, and then the next game is going to be the Bengals and the Steelers. So the Bengals and the Steelers, it's going to be a divisional game. Uh, this is actually a, a pretty interesting game to me as well, too, to watch, just mainly because what, what teams are we going to get from these two teams? Are we going to get the Steelers team that went out and beat the Bills week one? Or are we going to get the Steelers team that went out and lost to the Las Vegas Raiders in week two? I don't know. Are we going to get the Bengals team that beat the Minnesota Vikings in week one? Are we going to get the Bengals team that lost to the Bears in the week two? I don't know. Uh, I think if we get the week one versions of these teams, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, 
a shootout here. We're going to have a really good football uh, game. But if we get the week two versions, it's going to be it's going to be knocked down, drag out. It's going to be slow moving. I think when you look at how the teams stack up is that Pittsburgh defense is impressive. Uh, if TJ Watt play doesn't play, it's not quite as impressive, but it's still pretty impressive. Nonetheless, Melvin Ingram's looking like a steal for the contract he signed late in the offseason here. And then when you look at the the Bengals defense, they're they're not very solid in, in many places. But I thought that they were really extremely stout inside. They're they're not going to let these these teams bully them around and just shove the rock down their down their throat here. Uh, they got like Larry Ogunjobi, DJ Reader in the middle there. That they, they really plug things up. It's really impressive. I think Tyler Shelvin comes off the bench for him too, the rookie out of LSU. So I really like. Uh, those small matchups within the game, but I still think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have got to be able to pull this out here. Uh, if if you don't get this win, especially after how the Bengals looked last week, uh, I think there's legitimate concerns, and I know they won't do it, but I would look to move on from Roethlisberger after something like that if that were to happen. So Pittsburgh Steelers need a dub. I think they get it this week, especially being at home. All right, and then the next game is going to be the Ravens at the Lions. So the Ravens at the Lions. The Ravens got a hit, huge win against Kansas City this last week. Uh, Kansas City's widely believed to be a Super Bowl contender. And the Ravens walk in and get the dub there. Actually, I apologize. I believe they're at home. The Ravens get a home win at home. I mean, nonetheless, it's still a Super Bowl contender in the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Detroit Lions, after having a pretty impressive comeback in week one against the Niners, where they came up just short, they ended up losing by one score. Looked rough on Monday Night Football. They looked, they came out guns blazing. I mean, they were, I believe they were winning for most of the first half, if not the whole first half. And then just fell flat on their face in the second half. I mean, I was watching the game and I was like, man, Jared Goff is looking like he wasn't the issue in Los Angeles. And then second half he came out and completely proved that entire theory wrong so here we are uh i i I just can't pick detroit even at home against the team against lamar jackson against this ravens team that just took down what you know 90 percent of the or the nfl thinks says the afc super bowl contender so i'm going or excuse me baltimore ravens and detroit lions and then next up is going to be the Jets at the Broncos. And for the Jets and the Broncos, the Jets, man, they had another rough goal around against that New England defense last week. I think Zach Wilson had ended up having four interceptions in like two or three quarters uh, of football last Sunday. That's That's not a look you really want from your rookie quarterback. It sounded like that they were getting after him pretty good, too. They were beating him up pretty good. It sounded like that offensive line really was missing Mekhi Becton, who was going to be out for at least another, like, six to eight weeks, I believe, with an injury. So that Denver defense is no joke either. Uh, it might even be better than the New England defense. On the back end, they got all those corners. They got, uh, excuse me, Ronald Darby. They got, oh, I'm really struggling on this one here. Patrick Sertain, they also got Kyle Fuller. They got the two uh, bookends, too. They got Bradley Chubb. They got Von Miller. Uh, just every level of this defense is loaded. Justin Simmons on the back end. Yeah. 
this is going to be no joke for, for this rookie. It's not getting any easier for Zach Wilson. So hopefully they can keep him upright. Hopefully they can keep him playing some decent football and not let him get uh, just lambasted like they did last week against the Patriots. But I have my doubts. I'm rolling with the Denver Broncos here, especially at mile high. Zach Wilson, uh, your first one is going to come hopefully sometime this year, just not this week, man. It's going to be the Denver Broncos on top. Then the next game, so this is going to be a very interesting game, and calling it on a Tuesday is a very is a very bold move, uh, especially if we're not sure who's going to be playing quarterback for either team. But it's going to be the Dolphins at the Raiders, and when we look at this, if Tua plays, I'd feel pretty confident picking the Dolphins. I like I like their team, especially with Will Fuller getting back this week. He had some personal issues last week. But uh, we could pair him with Jalen Waddle with uh, two under center. I'd I'd be okay picking them. But the way it sounds is it's going to be Derek Carr versus Jacoby Brissett. Uh, and even if Tua does play, I don't know how healthy he's going to be with that rib injury. So I think I'm going to go with the Raiders here. Uh, can't believe I'm saying that just because I had the Dolphins as, you know, 12-plus win team this year and uh, making the playoffs. And now I have them losing to the Oakland Raiders, who are going to go end up being three and zero according to my predictions here this week. So, uh, Derek Carr, I think it's been impressive. Hopefully, they can get Josh Jacobs back to pair with Kenya Drake in the backfield there. Uh, I just don't think Peyton Barber's it. But if they can get that run game going and they can keep moving the ball, moving the chains, moving the clock, and then defense can even be competent against hopefully a backup quarterback, I think the Raiders can pull this one out at home. So rolling right into our next pick, it's going to be the Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. And when we take a look at this matchup, I'm thinking that this one has it just screaming all over it about how this is going to be the Buccaneers rolling into Los Angeles and it's going to be two red-hot teams, two teams with a ton of hype over them this offseason and during the season so far. And I think that this is going to be the one where we see Tom Brady slip up a little bit. I think this is the one where we're going to see... Matt Stafford and Sean McVay get the best of uh, uh, Bruce Arians and company there that's coming into Los Angeles. It's across the country trip. It's uh, in the Los Angeles backyard there. I think that we're going to see the Rams win, and then they're going to fall all the way up to the top of the power rankings and everybody's uh, lists. And I think that this is going to be the one where they say, well, can they beat the Buccaneers in this, to get to the Super Bowl? All of this. And I think it's all going to be overblown. It doesn't really matter this time of year. Uh, this is two teams undefeated, 2-0. and all. Just an early season showdown that everybody's going to want to see. It's going to be must-see TV, but in my opinion, I think the Los Angeles Rams bring it home. This seems just like a game that's, that's going to be in their favor, especially in their backyard there. So we're going Los Angeles Rams. And then the next game is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that Mike Zimmer's seat is getting very warm at this very moment. Uh, they're rolling in 0-2 back to their place, and things are looking a little grim for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And when we take a look at the Seattle Seahawks, they just came off a game where they were holding Derrick Henry to almost nothing the first half, and then he explodes and just has an, all, an all-world game in the second half. So I, Seattle's coming in. They're reeling a little bit, too. But I think what's going to happen here is this is going to be a shootout. Uh, it's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be who can score more points. 
And I'm going to give the nod here to the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're going to pull one out here at home. I think Mike Zimmer's job doesn't depend on it this week. But to, to cool his seat off a little bit, to keep him from losing his job this week, I think it's going to be extremely vital for the Vikings to pull one out here. And I think they're going to get one at home here at the Superdome. So I'm going Minnesota Vikings uh, this week at, or with, excuse me, Seattle Seahawks and Minnesota Vikings. I'm going Minnesota Vikings. And then the Sunday night game, we're rolling right into it. It's going to be the Green Bay Packers get another primetime game here, and it's going to be at the San Francisco 49ers. So it's kind of been a little bit of a quiet uh, thing float around here, but San Francisco hasn't looked that great, and they're kind of nicked up, especially in their running back room. Uh, you take a look, Elijah Mitchell that had started last week is nicked up now. Uh, Trey Sermon's hurt. Uh, Raheem Mostert's out for the year. Uh I mean, they're bringing all these guys in to try to, you know, add some depth to that room. And and really, when I take a look at it, I'm just, I'm genuinely concerned about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback as well. They only put up 17 points last week. Uh, they get the win. They're 2-0 nonetheless. But I, I just don't like how it's looking. I mean, that defense is pretty solid still. But the offense is, gives me serious questions. Uh, I know they got Michael, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan calling the plays so they're going to be all right they're going to be able to scheme up some offense but I think their ceiling they, they have a ceiling right now and it's I don't think it's quite as high as Green Bay's we've seen uh what Green Bay can do and they're firing on all cylinders on Monday night so I'm going to go Green Bay here I think they're going to get one on the road I remember back a couple years ago when 49ers uh beat the brakes off the Packers and then the Packers came back with a vengeance the next year when they were missing <laughs> San Francisco's missing half their team and they ended up getting the best of them there. So I'm going to roll with the Green Bay Packers again here. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, his time is short here in uh, San Fran. I think if he keeps playing like he is, it's going to be just a matter of time before they get Trey Lance in there. But it ain't going to be this week. Green Bay Packers over the Niners at San Francisco. And then the Monday night showdown, it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. And this might be one of the worst primetime games other than maybe the Thursday night football this week uh, that we're going to see. And Jalen Hurts has been impressive so far this year. I think he's definitely, he's earned that job in Philadelphia. He's he's shown that he belongs there. He shows that he's shown that he can be a starting quarterback. But outside of him, that, that offensive line is still pretty suspect. Uh, now that they, they're losing some of their depth on the D-line with Brandon Graham going down, I have genuine concerns about that defense as well. But when we flip it to the other side of the ball, I think the big story here is the Cowboys kind of look legit here. They look like a serious contender. Uh, you lose to Tampa Bay by three points on Thursday night in week one. Uh, then you come back the next week, you lose your best pass rusher on a defense that we already thought wasn't very good. And you beat the Chargers 20-17, to who are believed to be a playoff team as well here. I believe it was at the Chargers as well, too. So... I really think that the Cowboys are legit. They're, they're something to be reckoned with, and I'm kind of regretting that that Washington football team uh, NFC East pick early in the preseason because I think the Cowboys are going to end up coming away with the East. I think they're a legitimate contender. That defense looks improved with Dan Quinn under the helm, and I think Dak Prescott is back to being MVP form Dak Prescott. I know last week he wasn't quite as good as week one, but he did enough to win the game, and as long as they got that running game to lean on, with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, that's a one-two punch that's as good as any in the league. So 
I'm really excited to see what Dallas can do this year. Uh, I think they're going to get a win here. They're going to they're going to claim the the outright number one spot here this coming week for the NFC East. So that's going to do it for our picks this week. Uh, like I said, we did really good this last week. So if you aren't following along and you aren't using any of these, make sure you, make sure you are. Uh, like I said, this isn't gambling advice. This isn't uh, <laughs> hey throw your money down on this. But in my opinion, I think you should be following along. And what you do with that information is what you do with it. But we'll probably be throwing this into a little bit of a money line parlay. But like I said, 13 and three, the results speak for themselves. So. So that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, I think it was another great episode. Like I said, we were great on our picks this last week. So make sure you're tuning in each week, seeing what we got to offer out that way. Uh, I like hitting on all the storylines each week as well, too. So make sure if you haven't, uh, you hit like, subscribe, review. Uh, we always appreciate that information and getting after it that way. And uh, we'll have another great show for you next week. We're excited to get back to you, and hopefully we can add some more segments to this. So. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.